when I was 14, I got my first job at Jersey Mike's and yeah. found that I liked being in the back, cooking the hot sandwiches way more than I like being up front, face to face with customers. You know, I love people individually, but I really don't like people <laughs> as a, as a, as a, you know, as in, in the entirety. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I, I prefer not to, not to be face to face with the customers, but that has all now had to change because yeah. that's all. I mean, that is one of the biggest things I can provide us is uh, customer interaction and going and doing table visits and making sure everyone's enjoying themselves, having, you know, spending 10 minutes talking to them, answering whatever questions they have and then moving on. So and I know that I know that my staff appreciates seeing me down there doing that. Look, hell of an intro. I tell you what you info, but I never really been the type of dude to give no info. But if you see your ends low and you trying to get a benzo, I'll give your ass a game that'll change the way that you think, bro. Super skilled with the pencil, super ill in my mental. I reminisce on life, I'm nice. Here's my memento. Get it through your tempo. I get on any tempo and give it all I got. I'm hot. I got like 10 flows trying to live on the 10th flow across from residentials that I own. My mind stay grown. I used to think close. I really used to think hoes and what I do to get those. And then I switched it up. I'm only thinking. What's up, man? It's recording already. It so. is. Let's get the party rolling. Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it. We're back with another one. The Walk and Grow podcast where we talk about the good, the bad, the ugly. And today we have a, you know, you, you, one thing for, for sure is we love sharing stories and we love talking about stories, not only our own, but others. And I think that's where we really strive and that's where we really get our, our best content is when we talk about the stories and you, you're not only hearing it from our voices. So we have a unique story today that we're going to bring to you guys. So make sure you do tune into the entire episode. You're not going to want to miss this one because this one is one that I'm sure I'm very, I'm pretty 100% sure that you probably haven't heard anything like this before. Uh, so we have a, a gentleman here by the name Thor, is what we call him. But if you don't know him, you'd, you'll definitely know him by when I say his full name, Marco Thor. He's a, a unique individual who has experienced a lot in his lifetime <coughs> and where that you'll learn a little bit more about, you know, just the good, the bad, and the ugly, and just how one is able to navigate it. Uh, but he does a lot for this community here in Raleigh. If you don't know him, you, you can Google him. I'm sure you can. And you'll see everything that he does within the community. Um, if you ever have been to a whiskey kitchen, check it out. That's the man behind the entire mission. That's the man behind the entire thing. Uh, so definitely, you know, support. Um, do everything you can to make sure that, you know, everyone is good on that. And you have anything? That, am, I, am I missing anything? No, I throw out there that I do have a business partner. Okay, okay. So it's not just me. Nah, I, right. I had a lot of help getting that. There you go. I mean, you can't do that thing going. It's it's tough to do yeah. it on your own. Yeah, I mean, I got into the accident when it was under construction. Mm. So you know, it was almost derailed. But uh, very luckily, you know, real good friends. I keep good people around me, and a uh, couple couple guys came through, and you know, got the place up and running got the kitchen up and running um and yeah allowed me to come back allowed me to focus on myself Mm -hmm. and my healing Mm. uh and then allowed me to return to a to a well-oiled machine you know yeah that's powerful to a to a very 
popular spot. Yeah. So you said uh, the, the the incident happened when the 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 restaurant was under construction. Yeah. So we got we got the building in 2015. Uh, December 2014, but to call it 2015. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I got into my accident in November 2015. So it was still a shell. Mm -hmm. The bar wasn't in there. You know, there was like a, there was a plywood bar where the bar was going to be just for, <clears throat> you know, spatial recognition. But yeah, it was wild, man. It was really wild. That's the importance of just team, a team. Uh, I'll tell <laughs> you, you know? what. I've got I've got a very large, large, long-standing base mm. uh, group of friends. You know, um, the I mean, my longest I knew since I was eleven. So. Oh wow! And he's in business Nin with you right 19 now. Nineteen years? No, 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 no. Okay. No, Jeff Mickle is my business partner. He gotcha. uh, he used to run the Flying Saucer. Okay. You guys been there? Yes. I haven't. It's I haven't. uh. It's a beer bar. Okay. A lot of craft beers. Um, some like hundred taps on the wall. Whew. Something like that. Yeah, it's pretty wild. And they have food, food there as well, right? Yeah. They do have food there. Um, yeah. Yeah, they have food. They, they got, like I said, a lot of beer. It was very popular and wildly successful. Um, he was, uh, you know, meeting his... Uh, Meeting his sales growth goals um, year after year after year after year, and it's like, you know, that's the man. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's the man. Absolutely. That's definitely absolutely. the man you want to partner with, especially Someone if you're that... trying to grow something. Yeah, right? absolutely. How did absolutely. you How did you meet Jeff, and when you know when did you realize that he would be a good partner for you? I met Jeff. Um, ooh, when was that? That was probably like 15, 16. Years okay. ago, good long while, um, and uh, yeah, my uh, I had a bunch of uh, friends that that worked at the Flying Saucer um, way back when. A lot of the, a lot of the waitresses, you don't know, but they all wear like little schoolgirl, like cool fucking this? outfits. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, it's nice, little little pleated skirts, uh, but. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, I was I was friends with some their their staff, and then uh, and then I met Sarah, Sarah, my wife, and uh, she was not making the money that her beautiful ass could make at trips. Uh, so I told her she should go down there, go down there and apply, and that's that's the rest of it. You know, that's that's when like. Jeff ended up uh, marrying, marrying, um, marrying one of the girls, and Sarah and her were friends. So we started hanging, hanging out together, um, you know, in a more friendly manner than we had prior to that. Prior to that, but um, so you built, you were able to build a relationship off of yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, we were able to build a relationship off of that. Don't tell some. Yep. I got a question. There's always, there's always this one question that goes through my mind um, when meeting a, like a lady and just trying to identify like, hey, is she the one? What made you 
I'm, like I guess know that all right, yeah, that this is the one that I want to move forward with. I don't think. I think that finding the one feel I very limiting. You know, I think that uh, you know all relationships are are give and a take. You know, you're not gonna like every right everything. Um, I didn't like everything about her. She didn't like everything about me. Um, but uh, the fact that we we got together. Really well, she, I mean, she's head over fucking heels for me, you know. We had already bought a house together, so, you know, it didn't need it to happen in order for the relationship to last any longer. I got fucking sick and tired of every time one of our friends got married, fucking having to hear all that, you know. So (laughs) that that was my compromise. I never wanted to get married. Mm. In the first place, um, but I think it's good. Good that we did, especially seeing as how everything turned out. You know, my wife being able to have you know say is kind of better than my partner. You know, mm. she uh, she never legally changed her name, um, but around all the hospitals and doctors and all that shit, you know. Saying it was Sarah Thor just made more sense. <laughs> more, more sense and made it a bit easier. So, right I, I, did, I didn't want her last name Santora. Like, that's a dope name. Thor's, Thor is a really dope name, but Santora is also dope. And like, I think it's cool when fucking girls don't go through all the fucking trouble of changing their name and their IDs, you know, Social Security. Just going through it all over the place, it seems they have problematic. To, they have then, to change their sorry, sorry, sorry. They have to change their social too. No, no, not their social. But the name on it. Security number. Yeah, I mean, I have uh, to imagine. Uh, I have like to imagine it. it has to be like your updated. Their name on it. Name, yeah, like yeah. credit cards, all that shit, you know. So yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. But uh, but yeah, no, I mean, independent, you know. There's no reason. It's just a pain in the ass, and then you might have to undo it all anyway. <laughs> anyway, you yeah. know. So I, w- I want to go. I want to touch back on Jeff, though. Yeah, um, for sure. How again? I think kind of go back on that question. Like, what attributes did you look in or see in Jeff that made you know, like, all right, yeah, let's move forward with Jeff, and maybe we could go ahead and go on to some other ventures. And so what led to whiskey? Again, uh, you know, he ran a he ran a successful growth. Operation in the field that we're working in, mm-hmm. um, and I knew that like he's also a very proud man, and he would not uh, let himself be seen as a failure. And you know, it's I'm also very, very proud, and would not let myself be uh, be seen as a failure amongst the community. That like I, I I'm diehard Raleigh. Wasn't born here. Didn't really even grow up here. Uh, but once I found, uh, once I found the people um, of the city and watched it grow and change, you know, that was all you really needed yeah, to see. Was, 
That was all I really needed to see. Yeah. That was where, all I needed to see. Where were you uh, born, uh, he's, born and raised? He's, he's, got a, he's also got like a a solid schmooze that he does, you know. Be real, real uh, <laughs> personable and and help get jobs done. Yeah. You know? So that's uh, that's primarily where, where um, all of that happened. And then I was just, I had told Sarah, they're like, I'm ready to fucking quit working for other people. I need to open my own mm. place. I started looking around even a little bit. Uh, and Jeff heard that that was happening. And uh, yeah, he, he came up, shouted at me, said, I hear this happening. Like, you want a partner? And I don't know fucking much about the business side okay. of things. Um, I mean, you know, it's always a learning experience. Absolutely. But, um, you know, putting together P&L and all that jazz, putting together even the uh, business plan. Mm-hmm. Not my strong suits. Not my strong suits at all. I'll go out and get us money and cook and make <laughs> people feel that I'm, I'm a good investment. You know, mm-hmm. but my strong suit is not actually putting words and numbers on on paper. paper. <laughs> yeah. So, would you say that's one thing that made the two of you be successful? The fact that you were able to identify early on that you know, hey, this is what I'm good at, and this is what Jeff is good at. Oh, I've not. That took me forever. That was not early on, mm. by any means. You know, I mean, I was 33 when. When I finally decided that this was going to be the next move my life was going to take. Um, you know, I guess I was 32. Either way. Um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I fell into restaurants because I wasn't skilled at anything else. Hated school. Bored the shit out of me. Mm. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I loved making people happy. I like putting smiles on people's faces and uh that was very important to me i uh was catering at the time uh you know had 90 90 uh employees um that i was running the show for you know getting making all the purchases um staffing staffing logistics all of it um and you know we'd have like some days there would be four fucking events on the same day. I'd have all 90 people, uh, at least like I've contacted to see if they can work that day. And being able to put all of that together without a hitch, you know, was, was kind of what solidified it in me that I had what it took to, to be, you know, um, um, to be a leader mm. for my people. Um, that's one of the hardest things that this accident has brought is that, uh, is that I only know how to do that by uh, demonstration, you know. Uh, I don't, I'm, I'm not a yeller. Uh, and so it's hard for me. To 
It was always, I would prefer to discipline you by showing you how to do it correctly. Let's make a little fun of you as well, but like always, <laughs> always smiles on our face, you know, and let's do it in front of your coworkers and like bet money. You're probably not going to do that shit again. You're going to do it to the That's one hell of a way to standards. discipline someone. You know, I'm, I've never been, I, I try to be as respectful as I possibly can. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, just, I mean, that's that's why I have such a great group of friends. That's why the city came out in droves to support mm-hmm. me when I got hit by a car. You know, I mean, yeah, so, I often say it pays to be nice. That's fucking lesson learned. So, well, so let's take it back. Uh, you, yeah. you mentioned a few things about the accident here, and yeah. um, I'm sure a lot of the listen, listeners are thinking, yeah, like, you know, well, what yeah, the hell absolutely. is this guy talking about? Like, So, yeah, I, so I, I think in... November 2014 2015 is when you said uh, you yeah. guys officially acquired the building to have mm-hmm. whiskey um, kitchen and at the, at that point did you guys break ground already or did you yeah, yeah. you guys broke ground already yeah we had broken ground okay. by November of that year and is this around the same time that your accident has occurred yeah well I'm so yeah in November November we had we had broken ground we had dug up the uh dug up the patio area it was like this real lopsided parking lot mm-hmm. kind of deal so we had ripped all that up uh it was a giant giant mud hole you know mm-hmm. um and yeah nothing nothing was inside the way it was with the exception of the brick and the the brick and the steel you know yeah so it was almost like a, a body shop you know, or automotive shop right it's always been. yeah been something in the automotive um, genre. Mm-hmm. The building was built in 24, and it was a Goodyear, Goodyear factory, which is kind of crazy. Cause oh, wow. You think about that block, where if you go down, down uh, McDowell Street, uh-huh. there, there's an old dilapidated Firestone uh, building there, and then if you take it up to where Crankhawk, Crank arm is. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's another fire stone factory there. They've had the entire block. It's it's kind of wild, but yeah, it was so it was Firestone. Then uh, in the '40s, it became a Ford specific, mm. Ford specific garage. Um, and then in the in the I think mid mid '70s or early '60s, I can't can't exactly remember at the moment, but it was uh, Wake County's. First public EMS station. So there was a fire pole in there when we got it. It was dope, man. It was so dope. Man, that sounds like yeah. a lot of work you guys had to take care of. Yeah, yeah. It was a, it was a it was heavy for sure. Like breaking it down, like we did all of the demo mm-hmm. ourselves. We emptied that entire place out. You know. So now now that you guys are doing all that, the work to get whiskey you know open and kind of bring that dream to reality you have this moment in life where everything really changes for you yeah uh, so what happened um before uh, i was on little motorbike it's 150 cc something like a vespa essentially but it looked like a motorcycle uh and i try to make that distinction because the second you hear 
motorcycle accident. I was like, well, yeah, no fucking shit. <laughs> You're paralyzed, you know? Um, but uh, I got into an accident, I guess, out of the way. But uh, yeah, yeah. So I was riding, riding down a uh, piece, and it turned into Wake Forest. Or no, I'm sorry, not piece, but person. Person. The, then after you get past a person street bar, it turns into Wake Forest. Okay. Road. Uh, and there's an intersection with Glasscock. Are you familiar at all? No, uh, I'm not. Are you from Francis? Familiar with that area? I know. I know what area. It's you're it's if you if you go to Person Street right here, take a right. I mean, it's like two miles down the road. It's mm-hmm. Real close. Uh, but it was two lanes at that time. It's now only one lane, which is good. You know what? Happened to somebody else, but uh, yeah, some girl I guess wasn't paying attention. I was apparently coming, coming up on her rear, and she merged into me mm. and sent me like worst, worst fucking timing there could have been. Like, cause if I hadn't hit that telephone pole, Ooh. uh, I would have landed on a. Nice grassy downhill slope, like would have been fucking fine. Uh, yeah. but just a split second that that uh, was that wrong time is when it happens. So yeah, so head first into a pole. Damn. Um, I fractured my C two vertebrae. Um, your C one is at the base of your skull, and so is the next one. The next one down that I fractured. Um, on most spinal cord injuries, there's uh, displacement where the bone moves, um, and it cuts the spinal cord, like the outside, the outside of it. Um, as long, but so um, that's where most people's injuries come from. My injury come from the fact that nothing was done to stop the swelling of the spinal cord it didn't uh, didn't require any surgery so there was no need to cut my neck open and allow the swelling to be released that way there was no way uh, they didn't give me any steroids or or uh, was yeah steroids no, I, I think steroids right? drugs oxygen yeah, no. just call it drugs no no, no. <laughs> they yeah either way they didn't give me whatever yeah I was supposed to take that swelling down. They didn't put me on ice. And so it bruised. It swelled. It bruised. It scarred. And that's what I'm working through. Mm. I'm working through a really bad bruise, essentially, you know? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, just happens to be in one of the more important spots of my body. So, yeah. So uh, I went to... The Shepherd Center in Atlanta. Uh, it's a very spinal, spinal, uh, spinal cord brain injury, neurological paralysis, um, recovery. Mm-hmm. Recovery Center. I was so lucky. So lucky. That was where I ended up because the amount of information that they like push into you. Um, 
you know, I did, I did every single class, every single scheduled activity I was there for. So from nine, nine to six, I was actively doing something to either physically heal myself, um, mentally try to heal myself, and just getting all the knowledge that these people have been collecting for 40 years. Yeah. You know, it was it was beautiful. It, it hurt me when I came back to North Carolina. North Carolina, and I'd go to peer groups. Peer groups, and I was three, three years in when I came back, and I knew more about what was going on with my body than 90% of the people in there. And they had been in their chairs for 10, 15, 20 years. Oh, wow. And it was, it was, it was like uh, real, real kind of disappointing that, I mean, Wake Med is one of the, like, it is our leading spinal injury hospital. That's, that's where you go for rehab. They have a whole wing dedicated to rehabilitation uh and to find that like nobody thought that like hey maybe some classes would be good for these people (laughs) so they know what's going on you know did you ever bring that up like did you ever talk to anybody and say hey i I think you know something needs to change or like oh i mean yeah i brought it up but talking about changing an entire hospital that's true policy and program yeah. you know it's it's uh it's it was not like i didn't talk to the right people gotcha by any means i brought it up i was like this is sad like they should know a lot more um and to be perfectly honest i don't even know if it was a wake med sanctioned thing or if it was just being held there mm-hmm. but yeah it was wild so went to shepherd uh wasn't making any functional gains after three months. Um, and so uh, they gave me the boot. I learned that um, uh, when it goes back to the swelling of the spinal cord, cord, the inside of your spinal cord is more upper body centric than the outside. So usually when people get, you know, get nicked or cut, uh, their arms are not really, you know, aren't aren't typically trained. Um, yeah, trained enough. The muscle hasn't been really worked on. So yeah, and so, uh, but me, I'm healing from the bottom up. Gotcha. I wiggled my toe. That was the first movement I made. Uh, and then, uh, then I kicked my leg out or pulled it up in bed. Something along those lines, but it was my leg, and then slowly, but surely it's been coming back. I mean, I can do sit-ups. No, nice. Now I can, yeah. I mean, I can do a lot. That's good shit. Of things that a quadriplegic is not supposed to be able to do. Um, but then my my arms are still dead. I mean, not dead. They're there. I can move it around. I can do some things, but mm-hmm. like I can't get it to my face. I can't get it. To my ass. And those are the two places where, where you really need your hands the most, you right, know? Right, right. Um, so, yeah. 
So that's that's uh, that's it's really been difficult, you know, trying to figure out how to live this this life without you know being able to really do shit for myself. You know, I can make phone calls and things of that nature, but necessities, food, water, uh, food while they're bathing in toilet. I don't like need help a hundred percent with all of those. Hmm. Uh, and yeah. And so going with that, how do you, you know, navigate the day to day? You know, I know it's probably a lot more uh, difficult I'll, I'll than I can book, imagine. Man. Yeah. So, uh, you know, my, my wife, uh, bless her. She stayed with me uh, for the first five years uh, of my recovery um, and helped me get to a point where, like, I didn't need her anymore. You know, I still very much so need her for other reasons. Um, I mean, she knows what I'm going through more than anybody else does. That's true. Um, and so, so yeah, she's, I mean, she she's very, like, detail oriented she pays attention to my body and knows that I don't like looking like a slob and so if something's off you know um, I mean she's constantly digging at blackheads and zits on my face and <laughs> whatnot, which is not my favorite but it needs to happen yeah. you know um, and then she um, so you're saying it, you know it's it's still it's, it's I'm sure it's been a process right you know, it's been a, a long process for you to get yeah. where you are. And I, I'm looking at you now and I'm, I'm saying, like, you have a good spirit, like a good horror about you, what we call now a good vibe. And I know that maybe it wasn't the case when this first started. How did you get to where you are? And oh, no, like it was this? absolutely the... It started, I was, uh, I was one of the most jovial, easygoing... Uh, newly paralyzed people that the nurses had ever seen. You know, they were like, I mean, I was cracking jokes. I was having a blast. Like, it was like, this sucks. But like, I'll get this. This is very fucking temporary. You know, like, told my business partner, give me, give me a couple months, man. I'll be back mm -hmm. at it. You know, and I obviously didn't understand the nature of what I had gotten myself into. Uh, and then, you know, I just, once two months went by, I was like, uh, right around month three, uh, they started standing me up with my legs because oh, wow. they were working at least well enough to do that. And uh, I said, like, 18 months, I'm going to walk through the doors of Whiskey Kitchen. And then when that didn't uh, happen, then I stopped putting any kind of timetable on it. But I personally feel that it's much better living with posit positivity. It's it's oh, it's healing. Yeah. It's 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 uh it's I, I don't under No, I do absolutely I under I understand why. I mean like also this is my public personality, my private Personality can get dark as shit, you know, like, uh, but I don't let anybody see that because there is 
a fake it till you make it aspect of life. You know, so I go out, I put on a smile, I be as happy as I pos- possibly can. I crack jokes. Um, and that then turns around and has all this positivity coming back my way in, in return. Um, mm-hmm. And again, you know, I, I had always wanted to be a leader in this community community um and can't be a leader if you're constantly mad and lashing out at people on account of the shit you're going through internally you know uh it's again very difficult to do over and over and over Mm -hmm. again and sometimes you'll catch me on an off day where i'm honest with you and tell you how horrible Mm -hmm. This is, you know, but for the most part, so the same old, you know, hey man, how you doing? Living the dream, never better, Yeah, you know? It's it's all about the mindset, though. It's, <clears throat> it's important to instill that mindset. It's important to have it. And despite of whatever it is that you're going through, it, it's, it's the mindset is going to enable you to help you to kind of get over that, that, I guess, that hump that you're going over. Um, because like Thor was mentioning, I mean, he's living the dream and, you know, it may not be what he initially thought for himself, but some way, somehow you have to implement that into your brain. And it's, it's hard. It is extreme. I think it's extremely hard to kind of positively constantly think and just positively put that into your brain. Cause you know, we're not always taught to how to think we're always taught what to think. So it's much, much easier to think what than how. Because we're always trained to think what, but that positivity Problem just solvers. It's yeah. like that, you know uh, this this culture, uh, this American culture is real quick to be reactive hmm. when something goes wrong, but uh, the fact that like preventative maintenance is very. Uh, very unlikely for a lot of people. Um, yeah, I mean that's when that's that's I think where where you know the the whole let's solve this one problem instead of let's figure out how to be better all around. Yeah, um, the, the... I'm I'm constantly striving to to better myself. Sometimes with great success. Other times with, you know, great failure, but uh, as we all should I keep going. Like, yeah. as we, the positivity is you know. it's one of those things where if you speak it, you live it. I mean, yeah. you're only going to get it right back. Mm-hmm. You mentioned it already. You know, I'm living the dream. So you, you kind of get that back. If somebody's asking, how, how are you doing? Or you're just nothing but smiles. Mm-hmm. You're, you're always getting that energy back. It's, it's part of that, that, that universal <laughs> circle that goes around this yeah. world mm-hmm. that we have no idea about. But it is, you just there see is, it more. There's definitely something to be said about positive energy, positive vibes. Um, I, I often, you know, say, uh, they're like, don't, I don't, I don't like the idea of religion. Never really did. But to say that, you know, this happened on purpose and for a reason, like, fuck. Mm. that guy or you know whomever but 
Uh, and then also don't give don't give him credit for for me getting better. It's on my back that I've been doing this. You know, it's it's me doing it. Uh, I mean, I guess whatever you want to believe about the situation, I just prefer positive vibes instead of prayers. Mm-hmm. You know, I interchange them uh, when I'm speaking to somebody, you know. Got my positivity all day. All day thinking about you, hoping that the best mm-hmm. comes around. Um, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not a big prayer believer in, in one almighty. Playing you know. from Ring Planet. <laughs> Alexa needs to mind her business. There. <laughs> Computer, disconnect. There is always a very, very strong realization as to how, how like needy and how annoying taking care of somebody that constantly needs you for. For something can be, um, and it's uh, it's important for me to try to limit my requests as much as po- possible. Um, and so, yeah, I don't like having to wake people up in the middle yeah. of the night because I always had a hard time sleeping. So, you know, I could only imagine getting woken up at four o'clock in the morning when I had just gone to bed an hour earlier and then not been able to go back to sleep, you know? Although you don't, you know, you don't like that aspect, but when you you do need help, you know, you have to call somebody, right? You, you still have to do it. Mm-hmm. So, I guess for you moving forward, what will be, you know, things that could help you along the line for situations like that? Like, like what would be a, an ideal scenario for you, let's say, you know, when you need help or, or, or when you're going through something and you don't want to bother somebody, mm-hmm. but you, you're still able to. I, but I have to bother somebody. And that's just a, a thing that I've got to get over. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I will try to wait it out. I will chug. I always have a giant mug of ice water that uh, has a straw that clamps onto the table next to my bed. And that's I'm able to drink ice Ice water, I can kind of, um, if I bring my hands up while I'm laying down and then push them forward, I'm usually able to get the, uh, the covers off my shoulders at least. Um, and yeah, so I mean, I, I do everything that I possibly can before having to ask for help, but just to be able to tell, uh, tell one of these devices to turn on the fan would be the absolutely ideal way to handle. What device helps you the most? What's your like? Um, uh, uh, the, the the Alexa devices, for okay. sure, for sure. Those are the biggest help. I mean, Siri's Siri is for communication purposes only, for the most part. Um, and then I I actually won't won't even use her. It's used for texting. That's it, because um, I I'll make phone calls from my my Echo devices because I can hang them 
oh, if I call someone and they don't answer, it's like, I gotta wait five minutes for their voicemail to reach a conclusion. And meanwhile, I'm miserable, you know, so it's, I use them to, to call for help a lot. I also will turn, uh, turn the one in here up to eight, nine, ten, uh, until the volume you're mentioning. Yeah. Okay. Tell her to play something. If, if these guys aren't waking up to their alarms or to my phone calls, you know, gotcha. Crazy train is the one I go with. <laughs> he has a song down impact. Yeah. Well, who's gonna? Like, what's gonna wake someone? Up? It's just like so <laughs> loud it. and like. <laughs> I got this like crazy laughter and then really loud, harsh, uh, high pitched electric gu- <laughs> guitar. Yeah, I mean it works a lot. I need to. I need to switch it up though, because I don't want her. I don't. I don't want her hating uh, that song. <laughs> it's a great song, you know. But it's like every time your alarm goes off. Like fuck. <laughs> so, do that one. Do fight for your right to party by the Beast, Beastie Boys as well. Okay, you have a good selection. Yeah, of things that you go with. So. Try <laughs> for sure. Humble guy, man. I I, I kind of want to take it back to when you you mentioned something about when you came here doing your rehab. And you knew more, you know, three years in than the people who were already there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that kind of sparked the question, you know, for anybody else who may be, you know, going through a situation like this. What do you feel as though is the number one thing they may need access to, despite, you know, the uh, knowledge, right? Because we all know that that disparity yeah. in the knowledge is important. So yeah. be, despite the knowledge, if everybody was on the same spectrum, what is one thing that's important that everyone should have if they were going through something like this? Fucking healthcare. Gotcha. Hmm. I mean, plain and simple healthcare. It's, this shouldn't cost over a hundred thousand hmm. dollars a year to live like this. It's you know, it's it's uh the the uh, yeah the medical cost. That are associated with this. I mean, like even trying to get better. You know, thank, thank goodness I have uh, uh, insurance because I was able to, uh, I was able to, uh, you know, get this chair, which is, uh, it's a, it's a Camry. It's a, you know, it's a twenty-five thousand dollar chair. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, if, without insurance. I don't know how anybody would deal with this at all. It's not like you're going to pick up a decent insurance plan that's not going to cost you an arm or leg once you're already paralyzed. So, I mean, healthcare is the number, the number one, the absolute number, number one thing that, like, we as a country have to get better at. We've got to figure out a way so that everyone has access to the health care they need. Um, I don't know how to do that, you know. I don't, I don't think uh, we'd ever be able to get, you know, the, this country to, to support socialized health care. You know, just, 
just that word socialize is, you know. It's a problem. It's, it's a, a problem. Yes, it is, it is a, uh, <laughs> a four-letter word to a lot of Americans out there. Um, but I think that, I think you know, let, let them get hurt, man. Let them get hurt. Let them have to see what, you know, how much it costs you out of pocket. I mean, you will go broke. Yeah. You oh, will yeah. go broke. I'm very lucky that uh, my parents did really well for themselves. They they started, you know, uh, they started in, you know, uh, middle class. My dad a little bit lower than middle class lives. And, I mean, they worked and worked and worked and worked and worked to get to a place where they can afford to take care mm. of their 40-year-old son uh, after he gets into a uh, life-altering accident. You know, I think... Where did you grow up? I don't think we touched on that. I was born in Pittsburgh. Then ah, you're a when, we were, when, we, when I was two, the family moved to Gaithersburg, Maryland. It's like 45 minutes north of D.C. Uh, and then... Uh, and stayed there till I was seven. My sister was born there, and then we moved to Carmel, Indiana, uh, and then finally we moved to the Cary area. What year would you say you moved to the Cary area? Oh, what was that? Probably maybe like ninety-two, ninety-three. Oh, damn, you've been yeah. here for a while. So you yeah, had a good I mean, I'm a Southern boy <laughs> yeah. I, at heart. You know, I've, I've, I've fallen in, in love with the state of North Carolina. Yeah. It's got so much dope shit, you know. It's, it's, a, it's a really nice place to be, for sure. And then us being right in the middle, you know, you got three hours to the mountains, three hours to the beach. Yeah. And you can yeah. make day trips out of them uh, if you... If you'd like, you know, so, yeah. But, yeah, uh, definitely. It was just like everyone always assumes that it's military. But really, I mean, just better job offers, mm. you know, and like ping-ponged around. I think it was my mom, then my dad, then my mom for the, the three moves that we had. So, yeah, Pops actually had to stay behind when we first moved here uh he was working on a project for eli Lilly. um <laughs> in the worst worst case of irony ever uh he's been trying to figure out how to give people with spinal cord injuries their bladder and bowel functions back for his entire life wow yeah yeah since he was <laughs> since he was you know in his in his mid 20s he's been just working trying on to it. figure out how to you know help holy crap help people like me you know uh, the world is pretty wild stuff man pretty wild ways. stuff <laughs> for sure for sure um but how was that first conversation with uh you know after the injury after the injury honestly couldn't tell you i don't remember so much of it mm. uh from the icu here i just know that i was but I was happy. I was I was really 
happy I was also on a lot of drugs, so it was uh, <laughs> get it twisted. But uh, but I did not, I did not have the sense of like gloom that almost is like is over me way more now than it ever has has been. It's just like you know every year that it's like it just gets shaded in a little bit more you know there's dark clouds uh they're getting they're getting pretty dark uh the the longer this goes on the more i'm unable to live the life that i felt i was meant to live uh and yeah so it's again it's it's there's a there's a definite um balance of uh you know keeping the keeping the negative thoughts out and putting the positives in when I'm by myself, uh, I am, I'm able to like go down, go down, down, down. But if I'm out in public, smile comes on and like, it inevitably makes me feel better. Forget about the, the injury in the back. Yeah. You can't do much for yourself. Um, until like, until someone's complaining to you about something and you can't, you can't help like physically go help them do it. But, but even even what you're saying though, I think I mean I could say for myself, I still have those negative thoughts. Yeah. You know, for instance, I don't I don't know. Do you still have those negative thoughts that you know, run through your mind? I do, uh, but th- that's usually when you know, like you were saying, when you're by yourself, it's it's different. It's you and your mind. You know, I, I usually call that. <sighs> your uh your roommate so do your mm. you know that voice yep. in your head is your roommate mm-hmm. what kind of conversation are you having with that roommate when yeah. you're by yourself yep. you know it's a lot easier when you're around people because you know it's somebody else's perspective it's not you just running yeah. different yep. scenario in yep. your brain so yeah for sure that negative aspect is always there uh, yeah. it's just the bounce back though i think that's the that's the key thing is yeah. how do you bounce back from those negative right. thoughts that Absolutely. enable you to kind of keep pushing and running and Absolutely. going to that next I mean, level and wherever it is that you, you know, where my, it is that you need to be my uh my family is really lucky that i love them <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know that's the only reason i keep going is nice because you know i've got a little sister that like i still plan on being here for her yeah. um she just had a baby, so now I've got. Congratulations! You know, thank you very much. Um, but yeah, now I've got just this whole other reason to wake up every morning and do it over again. You know, uh, it can, without a doubt, get quite uh, quite boring and repetitive. Oh yeah. Um, if I'm not going out, you know, that's why it's important. I. You know, I have something scheduled um, four days a week that like actively makes me get out of the house mm-hmm. um, or even bring somebody over. Um, Thursdays, it's I have a massage therapist come and stretch me, move me around, fucking make me scream obscenities at them because it hurts so bad, <laughs> so bad, but it's absolutely necessary. <laughs> Uh, it's like I I don't I don't know that the that the work I get two ninety minute uh, massages movings uh, a week 
You know what I mean? That's like another. Another like uh, it's expensive, but like I could only imagine how much worse I would be mm. if I didn't have that happen happening. You know, it uh, it's. It, I don't know that it's ever been very progressive so much as it has been like maintenance, you know, just making sure I don't get even tighter than I am now. Uh, yeah. So during, during all of this, if I'm not mistaken, and this is a question I'm, I have myself that I'm sure that others have as well. Whiskey is still in the works. Whiskey Kitchen is still in the works. Oh, did you so, did you all did like did you put a pause on it while everything was going on during no. the recovery? It was still going. No, yep. so nothing stopped. Everything is still in movement. You have a great partner that is taking most of the load at this point because you, you know you're you're working on yourself and working on becoming the best you, the best version of yourself. So. When is it that when is it to the point where you got back into action? Um, if I'm not mistaken, whiskey was uh, officially open in 2016, correct? Yep. Yeah. Eight eight. Say that one more time. Eight 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 sixteen. August gotcha. 8th. Gotcha. August eighth, yep. um, 2016. Yeah. So also my parents' wedding. Huh. Anniversary. Why don't you look at that? So that's that's some fun did stuff. Did you did you make that happen that well, way? No, I did not make that happen <laughs> that way at all. At all, but it is quite convenient yeah. now that you know I can wish they them get to celebrate. I know summer. that it's their anniversary. Yeah. Anniversary every every year now, so it's good. So when when did you get back into the process of working on whiskey? Was it before so, the the grand opening? Was it after? It was after. After. Unfortunately, very unfortunately, like. Soft opening, grand opening, yeah. and the, the picking of our staff, of our management, that all fell uh, to the wayside. And like, mm-hmm. I, there were most definitely times where I wish that like I had been there. I mean, I always wish that I had been there, you know. But uh, when when there are things that like there are things that we practice there that like. I don't believe to be the best way of operating, but at the same time, uh, it is successful. And so I try to, I try my best to be a positive influence there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's always been a little bit difficult for me to really force any kind of change. Cause I do have a business partner and, uh, you know, the, the the general manager is always the the tie break and they're <laughs> the, you know they're his picks and so it's always you know like feel a little bit outnumbered from time to time but uh all in all all in all I'm very happy with we were um we were talking offline about the menu the concept you were you were saying the pairing um, um, was something that's you know people work a lot on yeah I kind of want to know what how did you come up with the whole you and your business partner? How did you come up with the concept of whiskey kitchen? Uh, so there's a couple different factors at play there. Um, one is that we both are heavy whiskey drinkers. Um, it is definitely our spirit of of choice. Um, I had I had read um, in an article. I, 
in 2014 that uh, that whiskey makers had doubled their production across the world. The world, because they saw a giant boom coming, he would I'd be watching TV, and every time someone would have a glass of a glass of something to drink, it was brown. So it, it was already becoming the the next kind of wave in in uh, spirits, I guess, and mm-hmm. society and what is classy, you know. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, and then we found that location and it was so big and massive that it was like, we can have a substantial amount of liquor on this back wall. Oh, you yeah. Know I mean? And if you haven't, <laughs> yeah, if you haven't been there yet, seriously, get your ass there ASAP. <laughs> we, uh, You're going to be amazed by the amount of liquor that's there. We're actually putting in another shelf. Huh so that we can put all the stuff we have in reserves uh, up there as, as well. We, when COVID hit, we had a liquor inventory of $110,000. Yeah. Luckily, the, like, you know, we were just talking cash shit about uh, North Carolina's alcohol laws, but uh, right. they did come through in where? They uh they bought back a vast majority of the alcohol that we were just sitting on. North Carolina did. Uh, yeah. Gotcha. So what do you mean by they brought back? As in, you, uh, we, were you still able to we, keep? No, we returned it mm. and they paid us mm. what we had paid for it. So. Do you know if they did it for multiple location in town or were they, they did were it for pretty selective? They did it for anywhere in the state. Okay. Every. Okay. Restaurant bar in the state had the. How was that process? Was it like a quick turnaround? Because you know how. You yeah, know, it was a quick turn. Okay. Yeah. It was a quick turnaround. Probably took two or three weeks. Okay. Oh, that's good. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, like, to get started, you know, and then it was never like one big, like, here's $100,000 of liquor. We'll be taking that check, please. You know, it was, <laughs> it was more, more 10 here, 20 here. Mm kind of stuff kind of spread yeah uh okay so we got the concept with the drinks mm-hmm. what about the food like the food how did you implement that in there um well i mean that that's what i did gotcha. i was i was uh i was a chef with the catering company um and so yeah i mean that's where my pa- passion has always been and when i was 14 when i was 14 i got my first job at jersey mike's and found that I liked being in the back, cooking the hot sandwiches way more than I like being up front, face to face with customers. You know, I love people individually, but I really don't like people <laughs> as a, as a, as a, you know, as in in the entirety. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I, I'd prefer not to, not to be face to face with the customers, but. That has all now had to change because yeah. that's all. I mean, that is one of the biggest things I can provide us is uh, customer interaction and going and doing table visits and making sure everyone's enjoying themselves, having, you know, spending 10 minutes 
talking to them, answering whatever questions they have, and then moving on. So and I know that I know that my staff appreciates seeing me down there doing that, um, as I've been told many times. But uh, the customers, I mean, it's never been like mentioned in any reviews that I'm aware of, and we get so many of them that it's hard to, you know, see all of them, but, uh, but yeah, like, I've, and most of I mean, them are I, good. I most always really enjoyed whenever an owner would come, come to my table and talk to me as a, as a patron. So just try to, try to do that, you know? Yeah. What's next for you, whether it's, you know, personal life or with whiskey or with business in general? What are some of the things you want to do? Um, we are actively trying to purchase the building. Um, so that'll be a, a big step for us. Big milestone, um, yeah. Yeah, that'll be a big step for us. And so, uh, yeah, we're by the building. Uh, I think, you know, we, we do have um, the basement. Uh, where Merge was, rest in peace. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, we'll turn that in, into, like, a more high-class cocktail bar. Um, I'd actually love to continue keeping some arts down there. Um, there's no sound system anymore, but, like, some acoustic jazz, I think, could, you probably can... could use... That we have Sea Grace, but that's in you know the Glenwood South area. There's nothing yeah. downtown properly. This is just an idea. I'm not gonna tell you how to run your business, but you can <laughs> go as far as having local bands come and perform downstairs. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's what Emerge was. Yeah, yeah, I mean I'm not hiring bands. Yeah. No, no, I mean no, like I'm not getting big names, but yeah, right. only be locals. Yeah, only be locals. And again, you know, I'm such a proponent of this state and this city that anytime I can try to shed some light on on some shit that I I like coming out of this area, mm -hmm. uh, I'm ecstatic to do so, you know? Yeah. And so that's, again, the big reason why we're here today speaking to you. It's And that's why we've put this podcast together is um, we made it, Francis and I, we made it our mission to make sure we meet um, individuals that are in the, in the area, though, Triangle, Wake yeah. County, and just to meet individuals that are making an impact, but actually have a story to share, because that that story that can that story can essentially inspire the next person to achieve what it is that they want to achieve. So it's Absolutely. it's just like you said, Absolutely. you know, you wanted to you want to just be and, able to give back to the locals. You know, and, I'm still trying to to do it, you know, despite, despite all the challenges despite. that you're facing. Yep, right, exactly. Can't let exactly. Them, you can't it's let them bring you down. Can't let it it's definitely important for people to see. Mm -hmm. um, I never asked to be an inspiration, but if what I'm doing is inspiring, then by all means, take whatever positivity you can from yep. my my story for sure. Um, but your positivity can easily be an inspiration to the next person without you yeah. even realizing it. You oh, know? absolutely. I understand. I definitely understand that. Um, you know, I think the reason that I say that is because uh, people use that as an argument mm. for like why I should be grateful to 
to be going through this bullshit all the time. I mean, like, I'm in pain constantly. It's always mm-hmm. fucking hurting. Always. And, uh, yeah, that's, you know, um, then I get kind of frustrated just in that, like, I don't fucking, I don't owe anybody shit, you know? Like, I don't have to be your inspiration. I don't want to be your inspiration. Yeah. Inspiration now, that's when I'm in a mood and I don't uh, necessarily hold that belief. Um very very often but uh yeah you know again i think i don't know that inspirations ever want to be inspiration i don't know that might not yeah not that not be right either <laughs> yeah because those that want to be yeah i i, I, yeah. I, I can agree because yeah. those that want to be inspired i mean do you really seek for it i mean i think it just comes without without any intention of yeah. know, really going out there. It, yeah. it's, I think I, I, I get inspired just because I go out there trying to chase my dream. And when I, when, as I'm chasing my mm-hmm. dream, I get inspired by somebody else's story mm-hmm. just along that process. So it just naturally comes towards, Absolutely. towards you. Um, and, you know, I think, uh, again, I've, I've been given a platform to be a positive influence on my community uh, you know, like, if not the world, maybe someday, I don't know, but like, if I could have a positive influence on more, the more the merrier, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah. I think you already, you already doing something though with the platform that you have with, you know, just you being you every day you come i'm sure you come across people who you know have conversation with you and feel as though hey i was one of them you know yeah when, when i first spoke to you it, yeah. it kind of you know sat with me and i carry that even with some of the decisions that i'm making along the way so it's like you, you might not see the impact that you have right away but that impact is always sure. there. i want sure. i, I want to share something my my very first time meeting thor was literally just my girl and i sitting down I think we were playing Uno that night. <laughs> and then Thor just comes up to us and literally starts having a conversation. I didn't look at it in any sort of way. My girl didn't look at it in any sort of way because we're just two individuals that you know enjoy talking to people and meeting other individuals. Uh, but it was just so unique how Thor was just so comfortable walking, just literally coming up to us and just having conversation. We, he was drinking with us. It was it was amazing. It was an experience, yeah, I, think, I definitely say. <laughs> I think uh, I came up to you guys because... I needed someone to give me alcohol. Gotcha. Right? I think I don't remember. Like, yeah, I think I, think I had a couple beers in my backpack. I was like, hey, you're here. You seem nice. Let's see if I can't get you to pour some booze in me. Yeah. It's, uh, it's definitely, uh, I've never really had a hard time talking to people. Mm. Um, and you've worked, you've been in an environment where you always had people around. So yeah. it's like, I'm sure it's, yeah, it was yeah. an issue. So it, uh, you know, and now it's even easier. Yeah. Oh. Because yeah. there's obviously something to talk about, you know, like especially just meeting someone is yeah. uh, it's always. You're at his. So, if I were to ask him, what makes him unique? Um, and he got that right off the rip. I, well, I mean, that's one question. What do you think makes you unique? What would you? That's you know? yeah. That's. Um. Think, uh, I think. Uh, I'm in a very uh, unique position just because 
how fucking positive I try to be all the time. And hmm. I think that that's something you don't get from from a lot of people in in my situation. Situation, you don't have a lot of people cracking jokes and laughing. Uh, Your outlook on life is different yeah, I mean, than most people. In I, don't see, I don't see. I don't see people in chairs like myself self out on town at night like i'll see him during the day but i'm out there doing it uh, on a very regular basis so and you're still operating a business as well that's trying yeah trying to for sure the covid yeah how, COVID hit how, all how, how was so that? hard man how was that adjustment with you know covid being uh, around i mean it was you know we we had a very, very good sales period uh, the month prior. And so we had to pay sales tax and um, and payroll tax for what was a very... And then we also had to pay payroll. Um, so so we, we, we dropped like 80K uh, within the first couple weeks. But Whew. after that, my manager... The, the my management team uh they kept our bank account steady they didn't they, we weren't making money but we sure as shit weren't losing money um and so like i'm sure it was much harder on them than it was on me you know um but uh but yeah i mean we were we were able to keep keep uh our employees insurance going until they refused uh a job offer to come back you know like if you if you agreed to come back we never let your insurance lapse and that that's something that was real important to me um mm -hmm. but then you know it's i mean i think uh aziz i'm sorry it just came up with a new stand-up mm -hmm. special on netflix and he put it best is like everything is just a little shittier now you know uh like we don't have people to staff our restaurant you know i'm talking about potentially having to close a section of the restaurant just so that we can get back to the standards we had pre-covid uh, um because if we can't do that with a full restaurant which we're not currently doing we have to make some changes um and that might be an unfortunate an unfortunate reality until i don't i don't know where everyone went i don't know where all these hourly workers everybody wants to be an entrepreneur now yeah, no, no. <laughs> yeah right i think everybody's seriously to answer your question i think everyone's just home um i yeah. think a lot of the work from home aspect yeah that's what is really that's yeah. what you're feeling it's that aspect in itself is just yeah, keep right. everyone's home no one's really leaving home to hey because i know at least myself when i used to work downtown uh whiskey was literally a five minute walk <laughs> yeah I, I would go there you know yeah. not every yeah. every day but i would go there at least once a week to go you know, yeah. just hang out yeah see uh, i i actually have something to say about it i don't think it's more about you know people just you know disappearing on you know the job I feel like COVID made people more aware of 
the importance of time. So now people are taking ownership of their time and trying to do the things, you know, that they yeah. actually yeah. want to do. So like, and that makes sense. Yeah. I just, I just very surprised to me that it took, uh, took a global pandemic, pandemic yeah. to make people yeah. realize that like, you don't gotta come because yeah. it's up in a, in a busy ass kitchen. It's kitchen work, restaurant work in general, but especially in the kitchen is hard, grueling work that you do not see the financial benefit of like the other guys around you. We do it because there's a, there's a passion. There's something right, that's, like, that's the key right there. Oddly masochist about it, you know, where, where, you know, we enjoy hurting ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I mean I I genuinely kind of missed the feeling of getting a burn. Uh, it meant that I was working, you know. It meant that I was doing things that were you know, what felt to me were important, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and yeah, not not having my hands in there anymore, not being able like I mean I'm getting. I'm getting a belly on me, man. I ain't never had a belly before. <laughs> you know, sitting down all the fucking time really, really makes it hard to burn off these calories. Uh, but yeah, there's, there's definitely been a, a shift in, in people's, uh, I guess, desire and availability to, yeah. to work, uh, you know, these jobs that, then again, like I always wish I knew how to work from home. That would have been dope, you know. Yeah. Make a take a living from my couch. That'd be yeah. great. But that's where I think the I people in the service industry, like yourself, you know, whiskey and anybody who has to physically be at the location, it's 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 kind of hard to adjust, you know, with COVID. Yeah, I agree. I mean, so with that being said, like, what are some some ways that you know? The people that are listening to this can help and can help whiskey in a in a way to continue to strive and be here and you know st- continuously make the impact that it's you know, mean, already making. You know, obviously, uh, just patronizing us is uh, a help to us. And then, yeah, I mean, if you're hungry, uh, you do have some really. I still did you ever take the Brussels sprouts out? The yeah, that's it. You get that no, every time. Every you go. time I go, I come for the Brussels <laughs> sprouts there. like that. That's still there for sure. That's a hit. So if you ever remove that, you know you will be hearing from this guy I, yeah. I, every time we go. I hear every that. Every single you time. Know, <laughs> we uh we got we got a lot of grief when we took the uh, the fried cauliflower off okay. the menu. It was uh and we replaced it with the fried broccoli. There was a cauliflower shortage. Prices went up. Mm. We had to pivot, move away from it, but it was a. It was a fan favorite for sure. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, you know, I mean, we brought out the broccoli and nobody really seemed to talk <laughs> about the cauliflower anymore, you know? So rest assured ah. that if we do remove the Brussels sprouts, there will be something, you know, equally as wonderful, wonderful to go on there for sure. Um, yeah, yeah, but again, it's... We got very lucky that the restaurant has fucking 25, 30 foot ceilings. You know, it's got a lot of glass on it. So it, 
feels well more open mm. and outside than any other restaurants around. Around, you know, and then we also have a huge patio and a giant garage door that, that goes up, and so it really like it's it felt safer than being in other places at the height of at the height of you know everyone's fear. Yeah, it, it definitely felt safer there than if you had gone to a place with you know ten foot ceilings or. Or what have you, um, but, and then I, again, I just, I cannot commend uh, my management team enough for, for how they've handled this whole thing. Uh, you know, we had to lax up on some of our standards. Um, we thought it was going to be a temporary thing, you know, like. We'll just let's let's make the kitchen easier. Uh, you know, we'll um, we're having to replace staff members with people that aren't necessarily fully trained because we'll have a day where three, four people call out. You know, uh, and if you've trained once, it's better than someone who's not trained at all. So. You know, they get thrown to the wolves and then it's hard then to kind of pull them back and be like, you're not done training. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, again, uh, now realizing that this is not going anywhere, that uh, we have to figure out how to start operating the standards that, that we had in place and in the very beginning. Um, and again, I'm not sure exactly how, how to do that. Um, but it's, it's an absolute necessity. Um, people came to expect a certain amount of attention to detail that I don't know. We're holding all of our people accountable to meet those expectations. Um, I don't think we're disappointing a lot of people, um, but it's it's felt within the organization. I think a lot more than it's felt by the customers, which is that's kind of ideal, right? That's how. Yeah. Oh yeah. You want to operate. Um, you you build a culture that lives at a, cent, a certain standard, and yeah. you, when you feel as though you're not, you know, hitting that ceiling, mm -hmm. of course you're gonna feel it. Yeah. Yeah, especially, you know, all the people that have been with us for, I mean, we celebrated our five-year anniversary this past August, and I was able to bring 13 people up to where myself and Jeff were sitting who had been there with us since the first year. Whoa. Not since day one, but since that first year. Uh, and that's, that's not normal. In, no, that's huge. In restaurants. I mean, it's doing something right. Mm. You know, um, so keep the blueprint. Keep going yep, at it. Yep, yep. Yep. Keep going at it. I think is is the that's the only way. That's the only way to go at it, right? Right. right. I mean, it's out of that. I could give up and quit, and I'm not yep. a quitter. 
Please don't be. Yeah, I'm definitely not a quitter. Well, so we had a conversation, a very brief conversation offline, and you said, "Oh, you're getting killed in crypto." So you're not a man of just the restaurant business, man. You do you do a few other things. So yeah, like, I mean, you want your money to make money for you. I think that that's the ultimate goal. Uh, so that was uh, is yeah. I mean, and I. I had I had a fifty percent return at one point. Nice, in time, and now <laughs> I don't. So yeah, I mean I I do like to dabble in like, uh, you know, uh, whiskey is is uh, providing me with some more financial stability uh, these days than it ever has, and so mm -hmm. you know I'm able to take sm small chunks. Of money and invested into things that are appealing, you know. It's nothing. It's nothing that I can't afford to lose. Gotcha. But uh, it is real nice to watch it grow. Oh yeah, it is for sure. <laughs> man, so, it sinks when it <laughs> sinks, man. <laughs> what taught? Who taught you? Or what taught you the you know the ability to make your money grow to invest it? Um, at least for myself, it's something I had to personally learn myself and just yeah. kind of go out there and seek for that knowledge. Yeah. So I'm just curious, like, wh who helped you or, you know, where did um, you kind of get that knowledge from to understand I don't, that? I, my, God, my godfather, okay. Terry Engel, uh, has always been a pretty serious role model in my life for how to conduct yourself personally. Mm-hmm. And how to how to conduct business. Um, he was retired by the time he was my age. You know, so by the time he was forty, he was he was retired. He had made enough money to go on living quite comfortably. Uh, and then was this in the stock market or like in what? No, no, it was uh in in a shipping cargo. Gotcha. Yep, he did. He um, started. He started a, an air freight company to handle all the logistics of shipping uh, through the sky. And then that sold for a pretty penny. And he was a pretty heavy, heavy uh, percentage owner of that. And so he made a good amount then. And then he turned around and invested that into, uh, into a gentleman that he knew and had faith in uh when it came to a uh, uh, ground freight company trucks same and, industry though right yeah kind of the same industry but just a new twist to it and then that company sold for an outrageous amount of money <laughs> and so and that's that's always been uh something that i took away from that is it uh i i like to invest my money in people um much more than stocks or crypto you know uh if i have someone that brings a solid business plan my way and i know them and i see how they work you know and i respect that thing i say you know let's make some money right. make <laughs> some money together yeah. if i gotta go down uh, if my bank account has to drop so that it can eventually, you know, pop, uh, 
well, then that's what it will will happen. Yeah, you have to be willing to take that risk, but you want to take that risk Absolutely. with somebody you can I, trust. A very somebody. educated risk. It's yeah. a calculate. A very right. educated calculate risk. risk. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we all want to take risk in in our in our lives, especially with our money. No, you're not just to gonna go down where. the street, pick up anybody, and say, "Hey, let's do business yeah. together." You know, that's it's the same thing. You're not gonna look at yeah. any crypto and just say, "Oh, yeah, this looks like a nice crypto," or "Hey, let's just yeah. pick this company. This looks like a nice stock." Yeah. And just. You, yeah. you gotta make sure you do your due diligence, your research. Absolutely, absolutely. Make sure. I've always, I've always been a risk taker as well. I've never. Yeah. Welcome Same. to the club. Never been scared to shy away from a challenge. Yeah. Welcome yeah. to the club. Uh, oh, the, the year before I got into my accident, I was at uh, my buddy's wedding in Chicago, staying with uh, Sarah's cousin and her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. At the time, first time we ever met, it was kids' spirits, you know. And we uh, we went and we climbed this big uh, train tower uh, over the over uh, I forget what river it is. It runs through Chicago, but uh, there's a big train bridge and a huge trestle that went up above that. And uh, on the way down, there was a coal car that was coming. And we had been talking about if you had to jump from the top, uh, do you think you could land on the downslope of one of these piles of coal and survive? And we just decided no, no. But when I got down to the very last piece of scaffolding that went over top of the train, uh, I decided that I could make that jump and. I did make that jump into a moving <laughs> into a moving coal train about thirty feet uh of a drop landed on the downslope uh beautifully. You know, I didn't hurt myself at all. Nice. Uh, the, uh Alan, however, uh, <laughs> decided he was gonna do it with me. And I said, Please don't be down there to help me get off this train if I knock myself out, you know. Uh, and he ended up being the one that needed help off the train because he knocked himself <laughs> the fuck out. He jumped just a split second after I did. I landed higher on the coal pile than I thought I was going to, and so he landed right on the tippy top of that damn Woo. pile of coal, smashed his face into oh, it. There's a big gash in his forehead that then, like, we were, we were hammered, you know, so he went home. And fell asleep without washing it out. And oh man! It gave him it gave him an old school tattoo, mm. tattoo like just this How weird old? little shape on. How old were you guys? On his you forehead. I was thirty two. He's he's a little bit younger than me, I think. So okay. Maybe thirty. So you're thirties again, yeah. still doing wild yeah. shit. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, one of my favorite things to used to, to say was like. Uh, Find the highest thing and jump off. Like that's the way to live life, right there. Wow. You know. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I skated you a bit. Skate? Uh, yeah. Skated a bit. Played hockey. That was the the team sport that I played. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I mean, daredevil all day. You ever uh, been skydiving? I have. Ah. I have. Let's talk about that experience. I'm actually looking to go. Uh, in in this condition as well, yeah. I had I had a line on it. And I'm not sure exactly where what 
happened, I'd probably just stop bugging them, you know. So, uh, but yeah, so I, I have people that are willing to to take me, and they just have to find the right time. Right, right. right. But yeah, that'll be really exciting. You know, that's that's when I jumped before I had, you know, I had the instructor strapped to my back. Uh, and he had done over 20,000 jumps. Also, you're comfortable And it's enough. like, oh, so this shouldn't be scary at all. So you're comfortable enough jumping on your own? Yeah. Oh, God bless you. No, no, no. <laughs> I've, I've not jumped on okay. my own. Gotcha. Okay. I was no, I've not jumped on my own. The one time I went, I had an instructor. Gotcha. An instructor gotcha. who had done it over 20,000 times. Well, you know, now I'm talking to people that I will be their first quadriplegic. That they take the skydiving and so theirs. <laughs> There's some fucking excitement there yeah. for me, for for I, sure. I don't. It's been like uh, finding a release to to give me some of that adrenaline that like hmm. I so highly crave is like <laughs> really difficult. I go five miles per hour. That's not fast enough to get scared. Yeah, I got hit by a car after. Well, I was in the chair. They ran a stoplight. I'm sorry, they ran the stop sign right out here at the front door. Yeah. Of the Lincoln, and I was uh, I was crossing coming into the building, and I saw like a car, but it was far enough away that I was I'll be able to get across here. Um, and then I realized that they weren't gonna slow down, and so I stopped and I backed up. Uh, as fast as I could, and uh, it ripped the damn footplate off. The, the the back wheel well caught caught my feet and ripped the footplate off of the wheelchair. Uh, they just kept rolling, man. Oh, they didn't even stop. They just kept rolling. Nah, they weren't stopping for that stop sign. They weren't stopping for me, that was for sure. Uh, I think they were probably able to look back and see me sitting in my chair. Oh, whew. didn't kill him, you know. Hmm. But yeah, that was that was that was some damn. That was some adrenaline for sure. That also made me realize that like, uh, I am not ready to go yet. You know, I could have very easily sat there and let that van run me down if I wanted to. Uh, fat enough, but just something. That self-preservation, like, automatically kicked in. Yeah. I was like, hell no, let me get out of here before I get... <laughs> before you get there. Because I think worst-case scenario is that I get hit and I don't die. Right? Like, that I have to start this whole shit over again, or I got get mm. a brain injury, which that is, that is a fear uh, among fears that... To not be able to do anything for yourself, <laughs> to have to rely on other people to do everything for you, but to also lose the ability to communicate your needs—that that fucks my yeah. whole stomach, chest, heart. It, it messes my entire insides up thinking about the the potential for that type of thing. About I'm I met a I met a girl uh, up at Slim's. A while back, and she had just recently um, come on as a caregiver. 
for a woman who had been in a coma for a year and then comes out of the coma and she's uh, unable to function as a human. Wow. You know, and I'm not sure where her head is because I know she can't, uh, or at least the girl didn't think she knew what, like, what was going on, and but she couldn't communicate whether she knew what was happening or not. So that's I, what I told you on the last episode, like the ability to think. Like think, if you yeah. can't think for yourself, that's you. You can't do anything really. You can't no. communicate with anybody. No, uh, and that's <laughs> like you know she gets hungry <laughs> and she can't. She can't tell you. Say like this is what I right. want. I'm sure she has cravings you know but she's she's got to get whatever's brought to her because she's not able to and i found that to be insultingly uh selfish of her parents to do to her keep her alive for a year in a coma only to have her come out and still not be you know much better off for it that's 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 a weird that's another story though. that's a hard one for me for sure um but yeah yeah that's a rough one i got um so i mean first if you have any last nothing so yeah as as we're about to get ready to wrap up i i do have this one last question so for anyone that may be you know in your situation where you know they're not able to do you know the same thing that they were able to do before prior to an injury or or even you know starting a business or you know just wanting some some information on life or just some guidance or advice you know what advice would you really share with you know the listener listening in and just kind of wanting you know a little bit of i guess maybe motivation or you know whatever what, any last words that you really kind of have for stay positive yeah you know i mean that's that's pretty much my mantra mantra um i guess i don't say that all that much my real mantra is i'm healing at the pace of a damn glacier uh but nothing can stop a glacier they carve mountains out of rock um and so that's essentially what i'm trying to do here um but yeah i mean that's that's a positive thought right so stay positive as much as you can as long as you can uh and donate to next step raleigh next step raleigh next step raleigh yeah. so is that we um, next step raleigh.com or what we opened yeah uh, you can find them on on uh instagram next step underscore raleigh okay um yeah so there was nothing for me to come back to here but i had to come back because i have my business and uh so mom found a a franchise and opened up a franchise. Nice. Here is uh, strictly for neurological paralysis. That's ALS, MS. Um, I mean, I've I'm I'm very concerned that it's going to end up being like a long COVID. I'm not sure if you've heard of it, but it it's a it really affects your neurological your neurosystem and uh it presents it has you know nerve pain and 
the hands and feet a lot like I have. Um, uh, one individual that I'm close with um, lost the ability to empty his bladder all the way, so he had to have a catheter in for you know a, a month or so. It's, it's systematic. Systematically is taking people apart, and uh, I don't think we've come even close to seeing the repercussions that are going to be had uh, from some of the some of the worst off individuals. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so spinal cords, brain injuries, ALS, MS, uh, any of the degenerative nerve diseases. That's what that's what next step rally is that's about. What next. Yeah, next step rally. Uh, we'll make sure to put the link on our on go. our bio. Yeah, um, there you go. And also the Instagram page. So, so we're doing we're doing a lot of really good things for a lot of people that otherwise wouldn't have the ability to come and learn how to walk again and learn how to jump again and so on and so forth. You know, so it's a uh, it's it's really important that. That uh, we continue and make that a make that a a lasting thing here in this community community as well. You got it, man. Yep. Thank you so much, Thor, for even taking the time to you know, talk to us today. Yes, sir. You know, it was you my were, pleasure. You were pretty high on my list. I was like, you know what? <laughs> yeah. I, I want to take the time to have a conversation with you. So thank you so much. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And again, we bring you guys these stories for a reason. It's not just to share these stories. It's for you to really get insight on other individuals' life and see the things that they go through on a daily basis or a consistent basis, monthly, whatever that, that time frame is for that person and just implement it and just kind of take what it is that they're going through and see how can you increase and make your life a little bit better. And maybe it's just a small, simple, hey, thinking positive, right? That's that's Thor's here. His, his, motive, his motive in life is just to think positive and kind of do positive things for others as it will come back to him. So if there's anything that you're going to take from these stories, is anything that's going to take from this podcast is being able to hear different things that you can implement in your life as well to then push you and get you to that next level. Whatever level that is, it's all up to you. We're, we're just here to kind of give you that bridge and bridge that gap and, you know, get that, get, get you to that next level. Really, man, the focus is just leveling up because I know the life I want. I'm just setting it up, removing those that's close who try messing it up. Can't wait for champagne toast with the relevant bunch. Like, what's up? Yeah. Uh, like, what you do, homie? What's your vision? How you thinking? How you move, homie? Uh, and is you cool, homie? You thinking building, then that's something we could do, homie.